1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
0: Hi, I'm Holly Randall and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21 year veteran of this fascinating little industry So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before I introduce my guest, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors at Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth are the softest sheets that you will ever sleep in. In fact, I actually owned Cozy Earth Sheets before they sponsored this podcast. So I mean, that's all you really need to know. Um, They're also environmentally friendly. Go to CozyEarth.com and use code HOLLY to get 35% off site-wide. My guest today is kind of a podcast newbie. She did one interview a while ago, but it's been a minute, so I'm very excited to have her here. Um, she's absolutely gorgeous. I've shot her for my Bombshell of the Month series for hollyrandall.com, and she is dominating the porn industry right now. She took home countless awards this year, including X Performer of the Year, Welcome, Vanna Bardot. Thank you. So good to see you. Good to
1: see you. Can I just say I'm very excited? I'm a big fan of the podcast. Really? I've told you this before, but yeah, I've been listening to your podcast for years. Wow. Yeah, like I'm a very big fan, so I was really happy when you asked me to come
0: on here. I'm always, like, surprised when... Like, why didn't you tell me that I should have an interview? I almost was thinking about – I almost was, going to hit you up, actually, like, the week
1: before. And then I just, like, was really busy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait. And then then you hit me off. And I was like, yes.
0: Yeah, I know. Because when I – Sometimes when I, you know, talk to people, because I saw you at the browsers party, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, why the fuck have I, haven't I had her on? Like, what was I, what was I thinking? Because <laughs> um, obviously we've worked together quite a few times. Yeah. You're fucking gorgeous and amazing. Thank and I'm you. so excited to have you here. <laughs> so here you are. So um, Vanna, uh, I guess, you know, let's start at the beginning as we we often do. Um, how did you get into the adult industry?
1: Um, so... I had quite a fascination with the adult industry from pretty uh, young age. It's probably not very kosher for me to say, but I mean, I had been watching like the AVN Awards on Showtime since I was like 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really fascinated about, about it. I mean, I'd been watching porn for a lot longer than that. Like I know it's... We don't want that, but, you know, it's just kind of the truth of my generation is, you know, we were really the first ones to have so much unlimited access to Mm -hmm. the internet and, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I just always had a really big fascination with, like, all forms of sex work, whether it was porn or stripping or escorting, burlesque dancers, cam girls, like, everything. I was just really interested in it. Um, And... So I had been working as a hair salon assistant from when I was, like, 15 to 18, and I thought that's what I was going to go into, and by the time I turned 18, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I want to live my life. I want to do what I want, and I decided I decided to start produ- um, pursuing uh, camming and stripping, and by the time I turned 19, I decided to go into professional porn. Mm-hmm.
0: And hmm Looking back now, how do you feel about getting into the industry at that age? Because obviously there's a lot of discussion around whether or not that's too young, whether or not it's fine because it's legal age. Mm -hmm. What was your experience?
1: For sure. I think about that a lot. Um, I mean, it would be really – it's really hard for me to say that being able to join the industry at such a young age is a bad thing because for me it was so positive. Like I can't imagine where I would be if – I didn't enter at that age. Um, You know, when I had started, like, stripping and camming, that was okay. But, like, stripping wasn't, like, the best environment for me to be in. And porn was, like, so much healthier for me. And I think about, like, where would I be if I had started when I was 21 rather than 19. And, I mean, it's all about, like, your mindset and, like, where you're at. I had a really, like, healthy understanding of, like, what I was doing and, you know – boundaries and of course like nothing was perfect but for me like it really felt like where i needed to be of course it's not the case for a lot of other girls but you know there's plenty of other girls who get in when they're 20 24 30 and you know it doesn't go super well either, so yeah, yeah they,
0: they make bad decisions then. Yeah, I mean, I think that we can all agree that people have varying levels of emotional maturity, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so your experience was overall pretty good when you entered. Like, yes. you didn't have, you didn't start off with like a shitty agent who like totally fucked you. Oh
1: no, I had a pretty shitty okay. agent. You do he, have the You do did have this shitty agent it. origin yeah. story. Oh when yeah, you do. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yeah, my agent. He he never tried to like fuck with me, but he definitely tried to fuck with my money, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's not quite around anymore, but um yeah, I definitely had to deal with that, you know, like, even though I was really mature when I got in, and I did, like, all my research, I watched, like, every documentary about porn, I listened to the good and the bad, I you know, try to learn as much as I could before getting in. But, like, ultimately at 19, like, I didn't know shit about contracts. And mm-hmm. my agent presented me, like, a, a four-year contract. And I thought that meant, oh, he thinks I'm going to be working for four years. Amazing. Not quite the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just – I didn't have, quite quite the splash I, I was hoping to make in my first year compared to, like, a lot of other girls in, like, my, I guess, like, generation or, like, class mm-hmm. of – porn stars Mm -hmm. um and after like six months of um being signed i wasn't really getting that much work anymore i kind of ran through all like the new girl companies and Mm -hmm. those kind of scenes and i wasn't getting the kind of work i wanted and i was like hey like what what can i do like do i need to change my look like literally like i told him my goals i was like this is where i want to be and um he was just didn't really care. Um, So yeah, I was able to buy out of my contract for a very pretty penny. And I mean, it wasn't great, but it's the best decision I made because otherwise I can't imagine where I'd be if I didn't switch to the agency I'm at
0: now. Right, right. So when you first started in the industry, you had braces. Yeah. So did you like really lean into that? I assume that you probably did a lot of teen scenes, right? Yeah. So
1: when I got in, it was not ideal. Like originally I wanted to wait until like after I had my braces off until like I got like all the little like work that I wanted. But I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to be making like so much more money so much more quickly um, shooting scenes than stripping and camming. Um, So yeah, I was like, I might as well um, kind of exploit this like fetish that people really like and try to like milk Mm -hmm. as much out as I can, like starting looking super young and then, Mm -hmm. you know, grow into the performer I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I realized pretty quickly that, again, I wasn't getting the work I wanted because of how I looked. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had to kind of grow out of that one. But yeah, I was doing a lot of teen, a lot of uh, brace face. I was getting, I was like really like kind of, uh, what's the word? kind of pigeonholed into, like, the same characters. I was always, like, the naive virgin yeah. who didn't know what she was doing, which was, yeah. like, so the opposite of me. Like, mm-hmm. I had always been so sexual from a really early age. So, yeah, I just did not like getting uh typecasted like that at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, were there any scenes that you were presented with when you were just like, this is a little...
1: Yeah, there is one. It's actually, like, quite hilarious. Um I didn't... Wasn't very happy about doing it at first, but by the end of the scene, I was like, this is so funny. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to, like, really lean into the comedy of this. Mm -hmm. But um, they wanted me to wear headgear. Yeah. They had this, like, (laughs) fake headgear that, like, wasn't attached to my actual braces or anything. And I just felt, like, so ugly. And I – yeah. By the end of the scene, I was like, this is the funniest scene I've ever done. But I definitely – to not feel very uh sexy. To say the least.
0: God, that is. I don't think I've ever seen porn with headgear before, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've seen it all. Yeah,
1: my headgear was supposed to get stuck on the kitchen sink, and
0: oh, you know, it was a stuck scene yes, with headgear. And then what did my
1: stepbrother do? Being so helpful. I
0: mean, he he wouldn't help you like get unstuck. No. He has to have sex with you yeah, because you're the only natural solution. <laughs> You know, the problem solving that we do in porn is just like sometimes really like next yeah. level. It's just
1: <laughs> innovative. God.
0: So um tell me a little bit about your family. Um, your mom, I think you said that she was kind of like a borderline nudist, right? Yeah, growing up? yeah.
1: Her and my grandma. Um so I come from a very like internationally diverse family. Mm-hmm. My mom is French, my dad is Brazilian. My grandma from my mom's side is Swiss. Um, on my dad's side, it's um, there's Italian and Argentinian. So I have family, like, all over the place. Um, but I had really open parents. Um, I had, like, the sex talk at a very early age. My mom gave me the talk at, like, 10, which is arguably, like, very early for most children i guess but did you you feel like it was
0: early for you no
1: i mean for me it made sense especially mm -hmm. like i grew up in miami and um when she saw like my older brother go to like middle school like the middle school he was at was like pretty crazy and there Mm -hmm. was like already kids like having threesomes in the bathrooms and like just crazy shit and you know my mom was like you know, she, she she was not stupid or anything. Not
0: mm-hmm. that, like, I was already doing stuff at that age. But, but she saw, like, that you were being exposed to things that maybe needed context.
1: Yeah. And she was like, you are not getting pregnant under <laughs> this household. She literally told me. She was like, if you get pregnant, I'm snatching that shit out of you myself. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely the kind of parents I had. But, yeah, my mom was – really open about, like, nudity and sexuality. And we just always had a very open dialogue at home. Um, I remember, like, coming out to her when I was, like, 13, I think, about being bi. And she's like, oh, sweetie, I know. I've seen her search history. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I feel really fortunate to, like, have parents who are really
0: open like that. Do you think that having parents like that and having um, that kind of education from a young age – actually helped you make, like, better decisions when you were older and got into the adult industry? You know, because we hear about some people who come in and they're so naive to sex and Mm -hmm. all of that because they are raised in such a strict household and weren't told anything. So they come into this industry and they're just, like, so clueless. And then, unfortunately, like, they they learn, you know, while they're working, which is not necessarily the best place to learn about sex.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I – I think coming into this industry, like, I had already been very, like, sexual since high school. Um, And, you know, my mom was – she was, like, the mom and Mean girl. She was, like, I'd rather you do it at home. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, here, like, buy you a box of condoms. But, like, I'd rather know that you're safe and if you have any questions. And she actually explained to me that porn is – because when she realized I was also watching – Mm-hmm. pretty like crazy porn at a young age. She explained to me, she's like, porn is a fantasy. This is make believe. This is not what making love is. And, you know, while porn is is great, it's not a accurate representation of, you know, what usually happens between like a man and a woman or a woman and a woman or a man and a man. So wow. yeah. That's
0: really like that's really profound. I mean I mean you don't. <laughs> you almost never hear that. Yeah, coming from people's parents. So, yeah. when they when you told her that you were doing porn, what was the reaction?
1: Yeah, she was one of the first persons I told. Um, I told her after I came out to L.A. I shot for two weeks, and one of my last shoot shoots it was for Barely Legal magazine mm-hmm. with Dave and Az and. It was like the first like real like photo shoot I had been on, and um, and at the end at the end of the day, I called her and I was like, yeah, so uh, I I shot some like photos with a photographer, and she's like, okay, what kind of photos? And I'm like. You know, it was like nude ones, but they were like very classy and <laughs> <laughs> barely legal. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, hustler. <laughs> Love you guys. Well, they they were pretty cute, honestly. Like it was compared yeah. to like some of the other scenes i had been sh- like, you know, the scenes, <laughs> with the, with the photos the I was here. doing on set. Yeah, it was like I felt like oh, like it was like a proper photo shoot, and and Dave Naz is a good photographer. Yeah, and I like yeah. I looked at his work and I I really liked it. So yeah, I, um. I told her about it, and I didn't quite tell her I was, like, doing, like, porn. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, eventually I told her about it, and she was super open. Like, she always knew that I had a really, like, good head on my shoulders and that I knew what I was doing and that – I was safe and, Mm -hmm. yeah, she was not very worried. My grandma actually was my biggest cheerleader. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I sent her, like, all – not all of my photos, but I sent her, like, when I got penthouse and, like, I'll send her all my, like, really, like,
0: classy photos and, yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they love it. (laughs) That's really cool. And I assume that they are probably pretty proud of how far you've gotten in the industry today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So speaking of where you've gotten into the industry today, um, you took some pretty serious hardware home during the awards season uh, earlier this year. Um, How did it feel to win two XBiz and two AVN awards? Um, It
1: was crazy. I mean, being back at like AVN for the first time this year, like in person, Mm -hmm. and getting to go up on stage was like such a crazy feeling because when I got started – in porn, I told myself, if I'm going to do this, like, I want to go all the way. Mm -hmm. I want to be on that stage, taking home awards. I don't want to be one of those girls who just like, comes and shoots a few scenes and disappears. I'm like, that's not going to be worth it. Um, So I had already like won some awards before, but to be back like, in person and be on that stage, and it just, it it just was like, so exhilarating. And, you know, I, I love it. It like gives me something to like, push myself towards and look forward to. Yeah. So, yeah, and then X-Biz was crazy. Like, I did not expect to take home Performer of the Year. Like, that was next level. Like, I really was not expecting it to happen until I had one – I already got on stage to accept two awards, and then Cody was, like – he's like, you should probably start preparing, like, your speech. Like, you're going to win Performer of the Year. And I was like, no way. Like, shut the fuck up. And he even, like, turned on his camera and started, like, recording as we are announcing it. And I'm like, stop it. That's so embarrassing. You're not going to say my name. And, and then they did. And, yeah, it was, like, such did he a get pivotal your, moment. Did he get your reaction? He did. He did, yeah. But oh it was such a pivotal moment because, like, I never thought that yeah. I could win an award like that. My biggest aspiration was just to be nominated for – Best new starlet when I started in mm-hmm. the industry, I was like, if I do that, then you know what? I made it far enough, mm-hmm. and to win something like Performer of the Year was like just unbelievable. Do you, do
0: you remember what your speech was? Like, I mean, you hadn't prepared a speech, right? Yeah. So, like, what did you say when you got up there?
1: Um, you know, I think I think the first people I thanked were my agents because mm-hmm. I don't think like I'd be here without them. Mm-hmm. Um, they really like I when I came to them I told them exactly where I wanted to be I did the same thing with my first agent but he mm-hmm. didn't listen to me but when I signed I think with I know ATM who LA, your first agent is yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I signed with ATMLA I told them I was like these are the companies I want to work for like this is where I want to go and they listened to me and they did what they could to like push me in that direction and yeah like I I thanked all the companies I've worked with mm-hmm. and, uh, I think Cody and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like blanking on what else I said,
0: but yeah. <laughs> and then how did you celebrate that night?
1: Um, I went out. Yeah. I went out to like a little like after party that was happening and then, yeah, then I just went home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, so for those who don't know, what exactly did you win that year? So obviously Expos Performer of the Year. Yeah. What were the other awards you won at Expos and what did you win at AVN?
1: Um, at Expos, I also won best the the categories at um, expos are a little interesting um, but I won best all sex scene okay um, and then best I don't know if it was best gonzo scene but I won a scene with um, with uh, Seth Gamble and another mm-hmm. one that was for um, Blacked raw that was like this huge orgy that mm-hmm. also won best orgy at Avian mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and at Avian I won best girl girl scene with Gianna Dior.
0: Okay, yeah, awesome. Um, so do like I mean you said that the awards were like motivating to you like how mm-hmm. important to you are the awards?
1: Um, I will say I do like care about them like they're not you know it's not the ends all be all but I know for me it's like a nice like thing to motivate myself. Like I am kind of a competitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up doing like dance and, you know, you went to competitions and all that. So it's like, I tried getting back into dance now as an adult and it feels kind of pointless. Cause I'm like, there's nothing that like, you're not going to win anything. Yeah. There's nothing that like I'm working towards. There's no yeah. big recital. There's no right. big competition. <laughs> so I don't know for me, like after, especially like after you know, this award season, I was immediately like, okay, what do I want for this next year? Like already planning, like, what am I going to do? And you know, for me it's, it's fun, honestly, but it's not like if I don't win something, it's going to floor me either. You're not crying in the bathroom. Yeah.
0: Every year at the awards, there's always some girl crying in the bathroom (laughs) because she didn't win like whatever it is she really wanted. (laughs) I always feel so bad for them. As somebody who like never wins awards, I'm always like, it's okay. Yeah. Like life goes on. It's fine. We all know Adam and Eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy. And now, with my code HOLLY, you can get any one item for 50% off, plus 10 free gifts. And you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at adamandeve.com, but only if you use code HOLLY. Um, so, of course, we want to talk about your new movie, Influence, um, through Vixen Media Group. It's a five-part crossover series that has your first anal and your first double penetration. Yes. Um, so before we get to the fun the fun parts, what is the movie, like, in general about?
1: So the movie is loosely based on some elements of my life. Um, But—so my character in Influence, she is— she wants to open a sex club, and mm-hmm. she wants to stray away from her father's uh, line of work. Um, so she decides to go off on her own and open the sex club. But it's not doing super well. She doesn't have the kind of clientele that she wants. It's kind of like kind of dingy, and she's like, "Okay, like how how are we going to figure this out? Um, how are we going to elevate this?" And her and her business partner decide to reach out to this influencer to try and get some uh, sponsorship from him. And that kind of leads her down this rabbit hole of other uh, problems and solutions to ultimately elevate the club to where she wants to be.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So what – you said it's loosely based on your
0: life. Like what parts are –
1: so the element of the sex club originally it was we were thinking about partnering I so I work pretty closely with a production company called um not really a production company but um this like private members club in LA called Kinky, Kinky Rabbit Club.
0: Oh yeah, dude, okay, so there I follow them mm-hmm. and there like photos and I don't know, all the stuff that they put out there is really well done. Yeah. Like really well done.
1: Yeah. Alina, the woman who created it and runs everything, like she's truly like such an artist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, originally when we were thinking about stories for the showcase, we wanted to um, to have that involved in some way. And um, ultimately we ended up using the concept of the club, um, to have that as kind of, like, the backdrop for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, this the beginning of the story that shows kind of my background with my dad is very dramatized, but it, it is a, true. Um, mm-hmm. He was, like, a pretty prolific, like uh, – Distributor in Miami of of sorts. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Are when I
0: not a distributor of diapers or baby wipes. No, or no phone cases. Yeah, something else maybe. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so
1: yeah, when I <laughs> Kaden Cross is the one who actually wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had sat down with her and told her about my life, and she pulled that as inspiration for the movie. So wow. yeah, but the whole part about um, me pulling off this like whole heist and everything, not. Based on my <laughs> real life. <laughs> are you, are you
0: still close to your dad or are you close to I'm your I'm very dad at close. All? Yeah. I'm very close with both of my parents. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How did your dad, we, sorry, I don't want to jump back, but no, how did your then. dad react to you being born?
1: He was not uh, quite as thrilled as uh, my mother naturally. <laughs> um mm-hmm. Yeah, at first he thought that I was escorting because he found, like, a – I had a notebook with, like, rates written down and, like, girl, girl and boy, girl and boy, girl, girl. And he – yeah, he thought I was escorting. And I told him, like, no, I'm shooting porn, but it's really safe. And then I I also lied and I said, oh, I'm just shooting – I'm just shooting with girls because I try to make it seem so much better. And, yeah, yeah, he was not happy for a while, but naturally, like, he calmed down. And I think he was mostly concerned because of my look at the time. Like, Mm. I – had the braces and I looked so young mm. and like he was like I know the kind of porn that you're probably making it's not like you're a dominatrix like mm-hmm. that would be a little bit different mm-hmm. you know I don't think he liked the idea of like
0: um you being taken advantage of yeah
1: but he he realized pretty quickly that I was very safe you know I had an agent and it was a very like professional business I wasn't doing anything like okay CD but yeah you know and I don't think any father is going to be uh
0: I think the dads generally take it harder than the the moms do from what I've heard. Um, Okay. So back to Mm -hmm. the movie. Um, So you did your first uh, anal and your first dental penetration. Yes. So I guess – tell us about the anal first. We'll start slow.
1: (laughs) Just want (laughs) to warm it up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the first scene in the movie is my first anal ever. Um, ever on film? Yes, ever on film. Okay. Yeah, um, I, uh, I honestly like never knew if I was going to really do anal or not. Like mm-hmm. I almost did pretty early in my career, but um, just because I thought it was something I had to do, mm-hmm. and I backed out of it because I realized I wasn't ready. And I'm really glad I did because now I had a very amazing. Uh, um. Way to do it, um, but yeah, it's with Maximo Garcia. Um, it it went amazing. It was very smooth. It was really enjoyable. Um, yeah.
0: Did you get? Did you choose him for a specific reason, or um, was that just kind of
1: we? The guy? We had to like think about how this was going to work with like the characters in the movie too. Right. But I had a list, a very short list of guys that because the movie's all anal. Um, so I had a very short list of guys who I was like, I would feel comfortable working with them. And it was my first time working with Maximo, but, um, I had heard a lot of good things about him that he was very good with anal. So Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Is he circumcised? Um, I don't remember actually. <laughs> <laughs> Means probably yes. I've just heard that like uncircumcised penises are easier for Yes. Anals. And
1: I can actually definitely confirm that.
0: But interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was your first anal. Yes. How did you prep for that?
1: Um, so I trained for like months beforehand to like make sure this was something I could actually do because the reason why I never thought I was going to do anal is because I just never had any good personal experiences in my Mm -hmm. life and I was like how are girls doing this for 40 minutes on camera like Mm -hmm. what the fuck um and I was like there's no way I can do this if I'm going to be in pain the whole time and I finally started having some like amazing experiences in my personal life that made me be like whoa maybe this is something I can actually do. Um, so once I got to that point, I started training pretty regularly with like, you know, the butt plug dilator kit and I was practicing with with Cody, with like another guy and yeah, I just like got to the point where I was like, okay, hey, I
0: think I can do this. So you said that you started to have some really amazing anal experiences in your personal life. What mm-hmm. do you think facilitated that? What made them amazing?
1: Um, well, with one person, like, he was like, Hey, like, this is kind of like my forte. I am pretty good at like easing girls <laughs> I am into the this.
0: Inner mess up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I was like, Okay, like, this is something I'm like really interested in. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I definitely, it, those experiences definitely kind of taught me like once I figured out like what felt good and how to get there, then I was able to like apply that with
0: other people too. And what did this like what did this anal extraordinaire master like what did he do to like um, make it so great?
1: I don't know. We just went like really slow okay. and I wasn't like anything like that special. Um, but yeah, I don't know his, his dick was like pretty like great for anal. Like mm-hmm. not all guys have good anal dicks. Mm-hmm. What um, makes a good anal dick? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's different for every girl. Obviously uncircumcised is definitely like best because mm-hmm. like, the – I don't – you know how some dicks are, like, really hard and, mm-hmm. like, other dicks are – you know, they get hard but they're still, like, have a little, like, bit of squish around them. A little them. bit of give, yeah. Yeah, like, that's, like, the best because when a dick is, like, just too hard in your ass, like, it's great in your pussy because it, like, you know, hits your G-spot mm-hmm. and – but in the ass it's, like, not as mm-hmm. great. So, yeah. And I know for me it's, like, I can't handle, like, super, super thick dicks. Like, mm-hmm. there were definitely, like, some more – Within my movie, like, all the scenes were great, but some were more challenging than others mm-hmm. just because of, you know, my partner's, like, girth and mm-hmm. size and, yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, not as girthy. Yeah. The chemistry
1: is honestly, like, I think the most important uh, right. factor. Like, yeah. if I have really great chemistry with somebody, then, like, it's so much easier than somebody that I'm just kind of, like...
0: Yeah. You know, because I mean, ultimately it's a muscle, right? So the yeah. more we relax, yeah. the better experience we're going to have. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, bad anal experiences are attributed to just being nervous tight and uptight. Yeah. And if your partner can't make you feel relaxed, then it's generally not going to be a good experience. Yeah. I also learned, and like I always think about this, so I learned from Lucy Hart because when she was talking about like going through her transition, um, she was talking about like there's this like butthole doctor in New York. <laughs> I swear to God, like this is so, it was such an eye-opening experience. That's why I love this podcast. I learned so much. <laughs> so apparently, like you can have your anal cavity modified to take dick better. Yeah. So right. I guess some people can do better anal because their anal cavity is more straight. Yeah. And then others like are to die. So I heard there's like um there's they, like, like a second, bend. like
1: um, there's, like, a second, like, valve. I don't know if that's the right yeah, word. But the like second dimension. Yeah, there's, like, a second kind of, like, sphincter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That, like, that's, like, the hard part to yeah. to get through to, like, go super deep. Yeah. Wow, that's
0: crazy. Right. So apparently he can, like, I don't know, fix your anal cavity wow. so you can, like, take dick back. Yeah,
1: because I'm so jealous of girls who just have, like, easy assholes. Like, I do not have an easy <laughs> asshole. Like, it was really, like, in my, 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 my my routine going up to it is, like, Very delicate. Like, if I don't do what I need to do, like, I'm – yeah. Like, I need to be in the perfect situation for it to happen. Um, But other girls are like, yeah, I just, like, you know, kind of clean out a little day of and then just, like, pop a dick in there. Some girls prefer it. Yeah. I'm like, I have to do so much stretching if I don't stretch properly. Like, it's going to be way harder. Yeah, I'm so jealous of girls with flexible, stretchy assholes.
0: (laughs) Uh, I remember Katsuni was someone that – Katsuni, not Katsumi – these are two different people. She was French, actually, mm. um, and uh, she preferred anal. It actually sometimes vaginal sex would like hurt her. Yeah, and she almost always wanted anal sex. Yeah, and I, I heard that from remember, so many
1: big anal girls, and I'm like, wow, like, what?
0: But yeah, so now you know. So go to this doctor's name. I don't know who he is. Go listen to the Lucy Hart <laughs> episode. He maybe names him. I don't. I don't remember. Um, she maybe names him. Sorry. Okay. Um. So. Double penetration. Yes. Now, okay, so you've conquered, like, the – I mean, that's – like, you're really setting goals here. Okay, yeah. anal seemed like a big hurdle for you to overcome. Yeah. So, like, So when we initially, how did you do two? Yeah, so when we initially first
1: started talking about the movie um, and doing, like, a showcase of my first anal – um, we knew that we wanted to make it an all-anal showcase. I waited so long to do anal. We're like, like, hey, let's just go all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had joked about – like, during our meeting, I joked about that I would probably enjoy DP more because I've heard about so many girls saying that DP is way better than anal – like, just anal. And, um, you know, I, like – I never done a DP in my personal life, but, you know, I've, like, been fucked with, like, a butt plug and, like, mm-hmm. I love that and – And then they're like, okay, well, what do you think about putting it in there? Like, you know, and I'm like, you know what? Like, you're right. Fuck it. Like, let's do it. And yeah, DP was the one thing that I had never done in my personal life. Like, I knew when we were going to do it for the movie, you know, Cody asked me, he's like, do you want to try it like off camera first, like with another, you know, person like in me? And I'm like, I thought about it. I was like, you know what, like if I can, anal was a big thing. I'm like, I need to know how to do this. Mm -hmm. But the DP, I was like, I want to save this for, for the camera because Mm -hmm. I, I knew that I was going to probably really like it. And Mm -hmm. I did like anal can be the most like intense orgasm ever. But it also is like, can be really tricky to like get to that point. um, Because it's such a like overwhelming feeling. Mm -hmm. But when there's like a, dick in your pussy at the same time oh my god it's like the best feeling ever like any of like uncomfort that can come with anal it's like just gone once there's like also a dick in your pussy it like i don't know it it's kind of not distracting from like what's happening in your ass but i don't know it just feels so good like i'm obsessed with it now like i cannot wait
0: until (laughs) i can do another one again so why do you think that is do you think that it just Relaxes you more.
1: Yeah, I think it's like that added pleasure mm-hmm. because, like, sometimes I'm having a difficult time, like, prepping for. Because I'll like prep with my partner before mm-hmm. an anal scene. Sometimes I'll like I'll use a Hitachi like to get myself to that first mm-hmm. orgasm, and then it's like a lot more easier after that. So I think it's just that added like sensation of pleasure that's really. Adds to the overall feeling and then yeah. also makes like your ass feel really good.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. That makes sense. I remember um, there was a, uh, God, I can't remember who it was, a porn star who was telling me that her trick to anal was actually making herself come with a Hitachi one before yes. doing the anal yes. because then it automatically relaxes you, mm-hmm. which totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, You were quoting as saying that this showcase profoundly changed your life in so many positive ways. What did you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So um, when I found out like the showcase was going to be confirmed, I really took that as like a sign in my life to like fix some things that I wasn't happy with. Hmm. Um, I had been pretty unhappy with like my body for a while. Um, I'd always been like really skinny my whole life. Um, And then... In, like, the past few years, I noticed kind of, like, I don't know if it had a correlation, but, like, after I had COVID, um, my body started changing and I gained a lot of weight, but it wasn't, like, healthy weight. It was, mm-hmm. like, you could just tell, like, it was, like, I, my face was really swollen, my midsection was really swollen, and I wasn't, eat, like, eating unhealthy or anything, but I was partying a lot. and it's like a,
0: sounds like a bloat kind of. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um And... You know, finally I, like, went to a doctor and I got diagnosed with PCOS, which stands for um, polycystic um, ovary syndrome. I think it was, yeah. Um, But it's basically, like, a hormone disorder. And I realized, like, that's the reason why my body was so out of whack. Like, I had too much, like, testosterone in my body, which was, like, leading to weight gain and, like, certain areas that were really indicative of, like, a hormone problem. And, yeah, I just was really unhappy with how I looked for a while, and I didn't really know what to do. Um, And when I found out I was going to do this movie, I was like, okay, this is really, like, an opportunity, if ever, to take control of my life and, you know, get my body where I want it to be. Um, And I decided to completely, like, stop partying, stop going out. I stopped drinking for about – like, a few months, I signed up with this amazing um, training program called Ultimate Performance, and mm-hmm. it, it really changed my life. I, I didn't drink for a good two months, and then after that, like, I only, like, went out, like, once or twice for, like, a birthday party and mm-hmm. had a couple drinks, but for the majority of it, I just – didn't do anything. I just, I woke up at 5 30 AM to go work out. Mm-hmm. I came home, I did everything else I needed to. And it was like, so just so healing for me to like, finally take the time to like, focus on my health and my body and like, get myself to where I wanted to be. Not just like physically, like, of course, like in the end, like the pictures of my movie really proved where i had gotten to, like, I'd never been in such peak, Fitness, mm-hmm. But just, like, physically how I felt, like, inside, I felt so much better. And, yeah, it was really, like, this movie, it was kind of, like, the catalyst for me to be, like, okay, like, I need to take control of this and and be a reflection of, like, the kind of performer that I am.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. And also, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I do – exercise just as much to try to, like, maintain in physical shape, but also, like, for mental. Yeah. Your mental, like, space and the foods that you eat Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Like, it all has to do – you know, people just think about, like, fitness and your body and being, you know, however you want to look, but a lot of it has to do with your mind too.
1: Yeah. And, like, it really was, like, the – like, I had never really worked out, like, regularly before that. And I ate, like, healthy, but I wasn't really, like – didn't really know, like, what was working for my body. But I think the thing that made the biggest difference was just, like, stops partying for yeah. a few months like that. Like, I didn't realize, like, I mean, I did know, like, it was taking, like, quite a toll on my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's just hard when there's, like, so many industry parties and everything. But, yeah, after AVN and I think, like, Expos was the last night I mm-hmm. I really went out. After that, I was like, okay, like, no more until I shoot my showcase. And... Yeah. Yeah,
0: and then how has the partying been like since you shot your showcase? Are yeah, you kind of like I've been—I've definitely still been, find yourself pulled back a little bit. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely much more healthier with it. Like now, I'm kind of like reeling it back in again because I got back into training too. So I'm just like really realizing like how I feel when I'm being really healthy versus how I feel when I'm like having a little bit too much fun. Mm-hmm. And having fun is great, but. You know, I'm really, tr- like, figuring out that balance now. Right. Because yeah. it's also, like, not that fun to, you know, just be eating a super strict diet and yes, not going out, not hanging out yes. with friends. And, like, I love food. Like, my parents were, you know, had restaurants and my mom was a private chef. So, like, I really have a appreciation for food. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um So... I mean, speaking of, like, how do you balance, like, work and, like, personal mental wellness? Like, besides, you know, beyond not partying or whatever. Like, yeah. how do you strike that balance? Because I find that yeah. a lot of people these days, especially now that our cell phones and our emails are in our hands at all times and a lot of demand for our attention. Like, how do you strike that balance?
1: Yeah, that's something I'm, I'm still really trying to learn. I think we uh, especially all are.
0: balancing, like... <laughs> Screen time,
1: like, I'm starting to really realize, like, the effect it has on, like, my dopamine. I got, like, diagnosed re- recently with ADD, so I'm trying to, like, really pull that back into because I realized, like, my phone is just, like, a unlimited, like, dopamine uh machine yeah. and not in a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really tricky because my phone is my work. Like if I could, I would like get rid of my iPhone and just have like a phone to mm-hmm. answer calls and get rid of social media and everything. But unfortunately, like my job is social media mm-hmm. and like being a presence online. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm still really learning how to balance, but you know, therapy is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
0: May I also just recommend, just because I found that it personally helps for me. Um, have you ever thought about getting like a social media manager?
1: You know, that would be great.
0: So yeah. Masha does that for me, oh. and it's great because like I don't read yeah. the comments. I yeah. I don't read my DMs most of the time. Like she'll let me know if there's something that I need to see. But like, yeah. Overall, like not being consumed in that world and is. is very nice. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm still on my phone too much and I still check my emails too much and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. especially, like, after I had a kid, I was like, I got to find a way to pull back a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. Um, and I will say that, like, having someone do all that stuff and then I don't have to, like, worry about, like, putting up updates, especially with how much yeah. I like, update my Instagram with, all like, the reels and stuff from my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't fucking have time for that. Yeah. So having someone, like, do that for you is, I have to say, it's quite freeing. Yeah,
1: that's really smart. I should look into that.
0: Yeah. Just a suggestion. It worked for me. Um, Okay, so uh, do you have any aspirations to ever work behind the camera?
1: You know, I'm thinking about it more and more. Um, Like a few years ago, like somebody asked me what I would think about like directing a few scenes. And um, we just kind of never really got around to it. But, you know, when I first started in the industry, never really thought about that as a possibility at all. Now, like more and more, it's something I'm thinking about just because I – after being – spending so much time on set over these years, like, I see the way that things are done, and I'm like, oh, no, like, this should be done like that. Or mm-hmm. I would change this, or there's, like, certain little details. That I was like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Or things mm-hmm. that, like, get overlooked that I'm like, okay, this is driving me crazy, but this mm-hmm. is also not my set. Like, it's, you know, not my place to necessarily say certain things. Um, and I'm starting to get, like, a lot of, like, creative idea to, to that I think would be cool to bring to to life. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a possibility for the future.
0: Yeah, and I found that a lot of times um, performers who've spent time in front of the camera obviously um, make great directors because they understand what it's like to be yeah. in front of the camera. A lot of directors have never been in front of the camera, so mm-hmm. they don't get what it's like. When you're having, like, a really hard mental health day, to put that aside and, like, perform and, you know, how exhausting, how mentally exhausting it is to be in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. It's really – I didn't know that until I did my Playboy – I hosted that Playboy TV show for a few seasons, but I didn't understand, like – that until I experienced it. And I was like, oh, this is way (laughs) harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. Like I totally, one day on set, I totally broke down and cried. And I had to like go, I I was like, we have to stop for an hour because I need an hour to stop crying. I'm so sorry. This is not intentional. Mm -hmm. I recognize that this is like unprofessional. If I was behind the camera, I'd be very annoyed with myself right now, but I literally like can't stop crying and I need like, I need a minute. And until I had that experience, I never Got it. Yeah, it's a lot. You know. Well, I hope that um, I hope that you, you know, you nurture that idea because yeah. I think we definitely we also need more women behind the camera. Yeah, too. absolutely. So, um, so you have been in a long time relationship mm-hmm. with somebody who I'm very fond of. Yes. Many of us are very fond of him, <laughs> uh, Cody Steele. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that re- relationship developed?
1: Um, yeah. So we met. I think it was, like, maybe s- six months into my career. Um, I met him on set. I already knew who he was. I was – I had a little bit of a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the fan in the sense that, like, I watched his stuff. But, you know, I was like, oh, he's, like, really cute. And mm-hmm. I was very excited that I was going to get to work with him. Um, it was for – the scene is is on Pornhub. It's hilarious. Um, it was for a team skeet for one of their sites called BFFs. Mm-hmm. And it was me and two other girls and then two extras. And it's like the scene is supposed to be that we're these like little raver girls at a rave trying to seduce the DJ, but it's like shot in this house with like, like a two-story ceiling and it's like daytime and it's this huge living room it's just like the five of us in the living room (laughs) and him like in the corner as the dj and they wanted an hour of raw footage of us like partying and like being so they didn't even try to
0: black out the window no
1: no it was so awkward (laughs) it was so awkward and yeah but Uh. um <laughs> when I was there, like I, you know, nobody was like flirting with him or trying to like, you know, do anything with him. And I was like, okay, you guys are gonna just stay there. I'm, I'm gonna go, mm-hmm. go, go over there. And um, yeah, we like fold around a little bit before the scene and during the scene, we had a great connection. And then fold around after the scene too. And yeah, we like became friends after that. Um, and. We ended up becoming neighbors. Um, I was renting a guest house from another performer, and then he ended up moving into a spare bedroom of theirs. Um, So we were, like, across the yard from each other. Um, So we started hanging out a lot, and then, yeah, and then we ended up dating. Wow. (laughs) And now we've been dating for four
0: years. (laughs) Uh, So how do you experience – like, what's it like dating in the industry? Because I've heard some people say that – It's easier to date other performers. Some people have said it's harder. I know it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, the general like layman has a hard time figuring how one can have a relationship with somebody that has sex with other people. Mm -hmm. So how does that like, does that ever come up as an issue for you guys? Never.
1: Um, So, I mean, my relationship with Cody is honestly like my first real relationship Uh, in my life. Like I've had like little ones in high school, but like nothing really that serious. Um, So it's hard for me to like compare what our relationship would be like to anything else because I don't really know like anything else. Um, But the two of us are really like naturally open people. We always have been. Um, So when it comes to like jealousy or you know, how we feel about each other working with other people or, you know, it just, it's never really a problem because that's just how the way we are. Um, We even like fool around with other people in our like personal lives where we are like sexually open. Um, But ultimately when it comes to that, it's easy for, for me to just say like that, oh, we're open and there's no jealousy. But There has to be, like, a really strong sense of trust as well for there to be that. Um, And with him, he's always, from day one, made me feel like I am number one. He's like, if there is ever an issue, if we're ever, like, you know – if we're, for example, like having a threesome with another girl, he's like, if for whatever reason, anything happens where you're just not comfortable, you're not feeling, he's like, just tell me. He's like, I don't care how crazy you may think you feel or actually are. You are my number one priority. So we can have fun with other people, but he's like, you, I want you to know that it, you were number one at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then when it comes to like working professionally, like people just don't realize that like shooting porn is while like you know we do enjoy ourselves, like it's it's work at the at the end of the day. Like you know, I do not want to go home and you know stay with this per this other person.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of all about like who you come home to at night, right? Mm-hmm. I remember there was once a performer who, when he first got it, and thought it would be a good idea to send flowers to every girl that he worked with. Oh my god! <laughs> and I like had a very hard time explaining to him that like yeah. it was not a good idea. I was like, oh. and and the girls never wanted it; they were yeah. very uncomfortable yeah. with this guy even asking for their address. Like yeah, his dick was just in you for eight hours, but yeah. she's like, I don't want him to know where I live. Yeah. Like it just and it was and he was like, but it's such a nice gesture. I'm like, it's it's work and it's like yeah. weird. It's just just don't. Yeah, do I had it. a guy bring me
1: flowers on set once, and it, it was kind of cute, but also I was just like. Yeah, this it feels a little bit weird. Yeah, because this isn't like a romantic thing. Like mm-hmm. we're our friends didn't set us up on a blind date or anything. Mm-hmm. Like this is work. Like we're both being hired to perform a job. And like while of course like there's still like intimacy and you know all that. It's yeah, it's a very like clear boundary. And yeah. you know I like we both have friends that we love to work with and like. For me, like, that's the thing. Like, I love to hear at the end of the day he had a great scene. I'm like, how did it go? He was like, it was fucking great. I'm like, that's awesome. And, you know, same thing with me. And he's like, if you ever hears that, like, I had a bad scene, he's like, well, fuck that guy. They didn't fuck you right. Like, (laughs) he's like, I'm going to have a talk with them because they didn't fuck you well. (laughs)
0: Listen, you didn't fuck my girlfriend right. We need to have a talk. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So um, what's your favorite thing about Cody. Oh, my favorite thing about him, honestly, he's just,
1: like, he's such a nice person. Like, I – especially in this industry, like, Mm there – it's it's really hard to come about, like, nice, genuine men. And I think just in general, like, it's hard to find really amazing men. And I don't know, for me with him, like, he's just ultimately, like, an amazing person. He is, like, so sweet and caring and honest and –
0: yeah. Yeah. He has really good vibes about him. What's the most romantic thing he's ever done for you? Ooh.
1: <sighs> There's a lot. It's really hard to... I just put you the to on the spot. Yeah. He's going to watch this and
0: be like, Vanna. No,
1: and I'm, I'm so bad when, like, people... <laughs> even if somebody's like, "What what's your favorite song? I'm like, I, like, completely, yeah. like, have a brain fart. Um, no, but something really cute he did... For Christmas one year, he, like, found me this, like, antique, like, this 100-year-old antique uh, Tiffany's, like, jewelry box.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: He is, like, very thoughtful when it comes to, like, things like that. He gets very creative. And, so he's a good gift giver? Yeah. He, he He's learned. I've, like, had to train him a little bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we all. I mean, we all. He's, need he's
1: better with like experiences. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. You guys were just in Europe, right? Yeah, we were. We were in Estonia and Portugal and Spain. That sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. God, I love Europe. I miss it. One day, I'll go back there once my kids old enough to not shove Plato up her nose anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, did the porn industry change how you view relationships in general? Like, can you see yourself – say, like, you and Cody get out of porn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get married and whatever, grow old together. Do you think that, like, you guys would have a monogamous relationship at that point? Or do you think that you would still stay open?
1: No, I think we would still still stay open, you know. Um, we're still open, like, in our personal lives. So, yeah, I mean, I think if we got out of porn and then we got married, like, I don't think that would really – change that at all like you know if it came down to like maybe more like having kids like I don't know that would probably maybe change things but yeah that's really hard for me to
0: to say mm-hmm. no that makes sense well Vanna thank you so much for coming on thank you it's such a pleasure to see you and I have some questions for you from my Patreon members which we will do an exclusive Q&A afterwards if you don't sense. mind hanging around yeah can you tell everybody where they can find you
1: online please uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Vanna Bardot, just my name, and then my TikTok is the Vanna Bardot, and I think that's that's about it. Yeah, okay. I, my OnlyFans is Vanna Bardot too.
0: Can't forget OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Go to hollylinks.com for links to all of my profiles. I'm on Telegram. I'm on Reddit. I'm also on TikTok hanging on by a thread. You've been threatening to shut me down forever. I have a Facebook. I got it all. Um, And of course, if you want to watch this podcast live and get access to the bonus Q&As like we're about to do right now, go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Drop Vanna a line. Tell her that you saw her on the podcast so she knows that she didn't waste her time over here. <laughs> Thanks guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. A great way to show your love is to rate and review my show. And an easy way to do that is to go to ratethispodcastcom slash HRU. And you'll be directed to the various podcast apps, your device supports, and then led to where you can leave your review. And if you can afford to financially support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com Holly unfiltered. This is where you'll get access to the live streams of my interviews, bonus Q&As with my guests, access to my fine art photography and behind the scenes of my shoots, free memberships to my not-safe-for-work website hollyrandall.com, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, and so much more. You can watch the video versions of these podcasts at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Unfiltered. Join us every Sunday evening for episode premieres where you can chat live with myself and other HRU fans as we watch the newest release together. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All of my social media links are at hollylinks.com.